Rights of Man by Thomas Paine Narrated by Arthur Morey This unabridged audiobook was produced in the year 2010 by Tantor Media Incorporated, which holds the copyright thereto. George Washington, President of the United States of America Sir, I present you a small treatise in defense of those principles of freedom which your exemplary virtue hath so eminently contributed to establish, that the rights of man may become as universal as your benevolence can wish, and that you may enjoy the happiness of seeing the new world regenerate the old, is the prayer of, Sir, your much obliged and obedient humble servant, Thomas Paine. Paine's Preface to the English Edition From the part Mr. Burke took in the American Revolution, it was natural that I should consider him a friend to mankind, and as our acquaintance commenced on that ground it would have been more agreeable to me to have had cause to continue in that opinion than to change it. At the time Mr. Burke made his violent speech last winter in the English Parliament against the French Revolution and the National Assembly, I was in Paris and had written to him but a short time before to inform him how prosperously matters were going on. Soon after this I saw his advertisement of the pamphlet he intended to publish. As the attack was to be made in a language but little studied and less understood in France, and as everything suffers by translation, I promised some of the friends of the revolution in that country that whenever Mr. Burke's pamphlet came forth, I would answer it. This appeared to me the more necessary to be done when I saw the flagrant misrepresentations which Mr. Burke's pamphlet contains, and that while it is an outrageous abuse on the French Revolution and the principles of liberty, it is an imposition on the rest of the world. I am the more astonished and disappointed at this conduct in Mr. Burke as, from the circumstances I am going to mention, I had formed other expectations. I had seen enough of the miseries of war to wish it might never more have existence in the world, and that some other mode might be found out to settle the differences that should occasionally arise in the neighborhood of nations. This certainly might be done if courts were disposed to set honesty about it, or if countries were enlightened enough not to be made the dupes of courts. The people of America had been bred up in the same prejudices against France which at that time characterized the people of England, but experience and an acquaintance with the French nation have most effectually shown to the Americans the falsehood of those prejudices. And I do not believe that a more cordial and confidential intercourse exists between any two countries than between America and France. When I came to France in the spring of 1787, the Archbishop of Toulouse was then minister, and at that time highly esteemed. I became much acquainted with the private secretary of that minister, a man of an enlarged, benevolent heart, and found that his sentiments and my own perfectly agreed with respect to the madness of war and the wretched impolicy of two nations like England and France continually worrying each other to no other end than that of a mutual increase of burdens and taxes. That I might be assured I had not misunderstood him, nor he me, I put the substance of our opinions into writing and sent it to him, subjoining a request that if I should see among the people of England any disposition to cultivate a better understanding between the two nations than had hitherto prevailed, how far I might be authorized to say that the same disposition prevailed on the part of France. He answered me by letter in the most unreserved manner, 
and that not for himself only, but for the minister with whose knowledge the letter was declared to be written. I put this letter into the hands of Mr. Burke almost three years ago, and left it with him, where it still remains, hoping, and at the same time naturally expecting, from the opinion I had conceived of him, that he would find some opportunity of making good use of it, for the purpose of removing those errors and prejudices which two neighboring nations, from the want of knowing each other, had entertained to the injury of both. When the French Revolution broke out it certainly afforded to Mr. Burke an opportunity of doing some good, had he been disposed to it. Instead of which, no sooner did he see the old prejudices wearing away than he immediately began sowing the seeds of a new inveteracy, as if he were afraid that England and France would cease to be enemies, that there are men in all countries who get their living by war and by keeping up the...